0: He is not as other men of his time, Pippin, and whatever be his descent from father to son, by some chance the blood of Westerness runs nearly true in him, as it does in his other son Faramir, and yet did not in Boromir whom he loved most. He has long sight. He can perceive, if he bends his will thither, much of what is passing in the minds of men, even of those that dwell far off. It is difficult to deceive him, and dangerous to try. Hey there, ears, I'm Danny J. And I'm Joel N., and welcome back to another glorious episode of Keep Keep On Tolkien!
1: Tolkien. Yeah, 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 How
0: are you guys doing today?
1: We hope this episode finds you well. Things are... Tense? Tense in the world right now, and hopefully this can give us a little reprieve from all that tension.
0: Yeah. And and sit down, you know, get get yourself a drink or something, enjoy yourself.
1: Yeah. Here we go. This is actually going to be kind of a sad episode, so...
0: (laughs) yeah. yeah. (laughs) It'll it'll still be good though. It'll be still be good. It'll be good. It'll be good. You know, we like sad. We like sad. Yeah, good and sad, as we say.
1: So today, who we what are we doing, Joel?
0: Today we're gonna be talking about Denethor II, son of Ethelion.
1: Two as well. Two. There's a lot of twos. A lot of twos today.
0: Yeah, this is the famous Denethor. When you say Denethor, yes, this is the one you're thinking of. This yeah. is Boromir and Faramir's dad.
1: Boromir and Faramir's dad, and he's the twenty sixth ruling steward of Gondor. And he's, of course, famous for ruling during the War of the Ring.
0: Yeah, the ruler of Gondor during the War of the Ring. And he's famous, of course, for his suicide during the Battle of Pelennor Fields. But more on that later. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. Let's get into some names and titles. Yeah. So some of his names, Danathro. that's Nandoran for Lyth or blank. Or Lank. Uh, another name of his is Lord of the Mundberg. Of course, of course. And
1: also the Lord of the Tower of Guard, the Ruling Steward, the Lord of Gondor, and what last, Joel?
0: Lord of Minas Tirith, of course.
1: Of course, of course.
0: So let's get into some of his early life, some uh, Denethor origins.
1: And yeah, let's see, when does life begin? When you're born in Gondor in the Third Age, 2930.
0: Yeah, so Denethor, his house was descended from the House of Huron, as we may remember from all the way back in the First Age.
1: And this is where it's going to get confusing, guys. This is one of the parts of Tolkien that's very confusing. When you study these these Third Age Gondorians, a lot of them name their children after First Age heroes.
0: Yeah, specifically, we're talking about Third Age men naming their kids after First Age elf heroes. Elf heroes, Yeah. Yeah. So, like, well, except for Hur- the house of Huron is named after Huron Thalion, right? Right, well, it's his house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, Denethor uh, got his name after a hero of the Nandor, one of the Nandor elves back in the Elder Days, who was slain in the First Battle of Beleriand before way, the beginning of the First Age.
1: Way in the beginning of the Silmarillion.
0: Way yeah. in the beginning. Yeah, there wasn't, I don't even think there was a sun up yet.
1: Nope. <laughs> nope, it was, yeah, under the stars.
0: Yeah, and then his father too, Ecthelion. That's another elf name. Yes, of Gondolin. Of Gondolin. Yeah, so they they loved the, the, these men of the Third Age. They love uh, naming after naming themselves after elves from long ago.
1: Yeah, and here's another one. <laughs> Dáðathor was born during the reign of his grandfather Turgon.
0: There's another. <laughs> <laughs> so if this is
1: at all confusing to you, yeah, your brain works normal. These That's are okay. yeah, these are um, the same names from the First Age.
0: But as we uh, may have heard earlier, it was said that the blood of Numenor ran nearly true in Denethor, truer than it had in many men of Gondor for many years. And in his later days, he was described as proud, tall, wise, fair-sighted, valiant, and, quote, more kingly than any of his predecessors. So very Gondorian, right? Right. And so we're just going to just uh, repeat the opening excerpt for you here, just because it's we think it's really applicable. He is not as
1: other men of his time. By some chance the blood of Westerness runs nearly true in him, as it does in his other son, Faramir, and yet did not in Boromir. He has long sight, he can perceive, if he bends his will thither. Much of what is passing in the minds of men, even of those that dwell far off, it is difficult to deceive him, and dangerous to try.
0: Yeah, a very good description of what I would imagine a Numenorian king to be like.
1: Yes, yeah. And he would prove to be a masterful lord and a great ruler, seeing to uh, things large
0: and small under his command. Yeah, he was a good leader. And during his father Echthelion's rule, while he was still a youth of 21, Denethor witnessed the reemergence of Sauron as the Dark Lord of Mordor, who started building his power on Gondor's eastern borders once again. So from a very young age, 21... Denethor has been growing up in the shadow, yeah. of Sauron. Oh shit, dog! We should have
1: did a Denethor's twenty first birthday sketch. Ooh, remember Aragorn's twenty first
0: birthday? How drunk they got? Yeah, this would be this would be a little more tragic.
1: <laughs> yeah, just like no, I imagine they were already. <laughs> well, it's your like, Ooh, what if Sauron's they, were, they got drunk Ooh. first and then Sauron showed his face and they had to deal with it while <laughs> they were all wasted? Face. Yeah, that would that, be a, that been, would be a mess. That'd that's be a sketch. Mess. Patreon content, right
0: here. We go. So just a few short years later, after his twenty first birthday, Mount Doom bursts into fire, and this is when Sauron officially declares himself once again.
1: Yeah, and sometime between the years uh third age twenty nine fifty seven and twenty nine eighty, Denethor witnessed a new hero arise during Gondor's time of need. And this dude, you might remember him, Thorangil. A mysterious new captain about the same age as Denethor.
0: Does anybody know who this dude is? Oh, yeah, well, yeah. You might be thinking back to one of our other character profiles.
1: Yeah. So so Thorngil had come to uh, Gondor from Rohan. This is like what is known about the you know, He's very mysterious. But what is known is that Thorin came to Gondor from Rohan where he served under Thengel, uh, who is the father of Theoden. But uh, he was not one of the Rohirrim. So he wasn't one of them, but he came from there.
0: Yeah, Thorngill proved to be a great leader of men, by land and sea, and he often counseled Denethor's father, Echthelion. Yeah,
1: this dude was hella popular. But before the rule of Echthelion had ended, the strange Thorngil- the stranger Thorngill mysteriously departed. And we got a little excerpt by Joel about that. From the Appendix A, one of my favorite things ever.
0: <laughs> Denethor was as like to Thorngill as to one of nearest kin, and yet was ever placed second to the stranger in the hearts of men and the esteem of his father. At the time, many thought that Thorngill had departed before his rival became his master, though indeed Thorngill had never himself vied with Denethor, nor held himself higher than the servant of his father. Later, when all was made clear, many believed that Denethor, who was subtle in mind and looked further and deeper than other men for his day, Had discovered who the stranger Thorngale in truth was and suspected that he and Mithrandir designed to supplant him. So here we're just kind of getting. What
1: does he say? You seek to supplant me. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. With one hand, you'd shield me with Mordor. For Mordor, on the other, you'd seek to supplant
1: me. me.
0: (laughs) Can we just give a shout out? To John Friggin
1: Noble. Yeah, that guy, every, every line he has, and the way he eats that tomato. Yeah, dude. It's just so disgusting.
0: Uh, ultimately, we'll get to it later. I, I'm, In my opinion, I don't, I'm not sure that they really do Denethor justice in the movies. No, but that's not his problem. I don't think that's his problem. He is no. still, anytime I think of Denethor, I think of him. Yeah. Because he acted the shit out of that role. Yeah, he
1: was really great. He was perfect.
0: So, almost 20 years later, in the year 2076, beneath the ever-looming threat of Mordor, Denethor and a young woman by the name of Finduilas of Dol Amroth... Daughter of Prince Adrahil and sister to future Prince Imrahil, uh, they get married. Denethor and Finduilas.
1: Yeah, and also Finduilas, also a first age name.
0: Another first age elf name. Yep, a, um, elf maiden from
1: uh... from the tale, tale of the children of Hurin. Hurin's uh, she loved him, but he didn't love her, and then she died. Yeah, from the. Kingdom, but Gwindor loved her. She but was he a princess
0: from the kingdom <laughs> of Nargothrond.
1: Yeah. What a yeah. She she has a tragic end.
0: So now here, with Denethor in the third age, his wife, in the year 2978, Fenduilas gives birth to their first son, Boromir. And five years later, in 2983, Fenduilas gives birth to their second son, Faramir. And in third age
1: 2984, Denethor's father, Ecthelion II, died. And he succeeded his father as the 26th ruling steward of Gondor. He is officially the steward of Gondor. And during his stewardship, he would see some of the most turbulent times in his country's long history, culminating with the clusterfuck known as the War of the Ring itself.
0: Yeah, he, to, to put it lightly, he didn't uh, get an easy job. No,
1: it kind of reminds me of Arvidui a little bit.
0: Yeah, he came in. Oh, it's a- if
1: Arvidwi's kingdom wouldn't have fallen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I mean, they almost fell. Right, yeah, by, yeah. By very slim chance. By very
1: sli- slim margins, did they not.
0: Did they, yeah, did the War of the Ring not completely obliterate Gondor? Yeah. Yeah, so this strayed weight heavily on him, naturally. And this drove him to use something that uh, was at his disposal. Mm. Uh, that is the Palantir, which was secretly kept in Minas Tirith.
1: Yeah, you remember one of those seven seeing stones, the Fe- Feanorian FaceTime that comes up all the time?
0: Yes, sir we got an excerpt here about this.
1: His use of the Palantir was believed to be the cause of the widespread knowledge of events far away possessed by Denethor and his appearance of premature old age, first observable when he was not much above 60 years old, although he belonged to a race and family that still normally had longer lives than other men.
0: Yeah, so it, it sounds like almost as soon as he started using it, it started having some effects on him.
1: Yeah, and that's from the Unfinished Tales, the chapter, uh, the Palantiri, which is tells you everything you need to know about those It's a things. really
0: cool, yeah, really cool chapter. There's a yeah. lot of really cool information about the Palantiri in there. Mm-hmm,
1: yeah, it goes through like, the whole history of them, essentially. Yeah, there's
0: a lot more information behind them and their locations than, than you'd think. So check mm-hmm. that out. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. So Gandalf was also less welcome to meet in Minas Tirith during this time. And uh, his counsels went pretty much unheeded by Denethor. He just wasn't a fan.
1: Not a Gandalf fan.
0: Yeah, I don't know if he just didn't like being shown up by someone who was smarter than him or, or what it was, but he, he never really liked Gandalf.
1: Smith or More like Randy. <laughs> <laughs> that was the dumbest joke I could come up with. Thank you. Thanks for laughing.
0: Well, soon after taking over his, as ruling steward, Denethor's beloved wife, Finduilas becomes ill and passes away in the year 2988, only 38 years old.
1: Yeah, and that's like tragically friggin' young for a Dunedain.
0: Yeah, for a member of the long-lived race. Yeah,
1: she should have had at least 100 years left.
0: She was a lady of great beauty and gentle heart. Denethor loved her, and in his fashion, more dearly than any other, unless it were the elder of his sons that she bore him. But it seemed to men that she withered in the guarded city, as a flower of the seaward ve- veils set upon a barren rock, the shadow in the east filled her with horror, and she turned her eyes ever south to the sea that she missed. Almost,
1: uh, I was in a mood earlier, and I almost cried when I read this. It's, it's really very sad. sad. <laughs> it is <laughs> like, really sad. Yeah, like the description of her, like, yeah, like a flower planted upon a barren rock, just like trying to succeed in, but just withering.
0: Yeah, she just longs for the sea that she misses. It is really sad, and she does ultimately die. It's a sad story. Denethor's story is a lot more tragic. I found yeah. after, especially after doing this episode, I found his his story to be much more tragic than yeah. uh, than I think. Yeah, it I gets hope this. For.
1: I hope this surprises you about how sad it is.
0: Yeah, I and originally I thought Denethor would just be kind of a callous ass. Yeah, but it's really a lot more tragic. Yeah, and
1: that. apparently we take a very sympathetic view to the. Uh, <laughs> Denethor and Boromir, two of the most hated characters. Yeah, uh, well,
0: yeah, it's true. But I mean, in the books, there's a lot more story behind it. I mean, yeah, no, like we found so far, Denethor has grown up in the shadow of of Mordor. Yeah, it's constantly been on his mind. His wife dies. I mean, it's it's pretty tough.
1: Yeah, no, his life sucks. Yeah, I agree.
0: Though it is believed that the change that came over Denethor after his use of the Palantir may have also been one of the causes that drove Finduelas to her illness and death. And we've got a, a quick excerpt here about this.
1: The use of the Palantiri was a mental strain, especially on men of later days not trained to the task. And no doubt in addition to his anxieties, this strain contributed to Denethor's grimness it was probably felt earlier by his wife than others and increased her unhappiness to the hastening of her death
0: and that's another excerpt from the unfinished chale- from the unfinished tales
1: that damn planetary chapter
0: again <laughs> yeah there's some cool information in there
1: and uh, her death greatly affected Denethor, and he never
0: remarried. Um, he became even more grim and silent than before. Yeah, he also became a man of great will, which he already had been. But at, at this right. point, you might even consider it to be stubborn. Stubborn at this point, yeah. And almost overconfident.
1: Mm-hmm. Denethor also began to visibly prefer Boromir more than his second son, Faramir.
0: Yeah, it was said that Denethor loved Boromir, quote, too much perhaps the more so because they were unlike and consequently consequently
1: this did not cause rivalry between the brothers instead Boromir looked after his little brother and they became very close
0: yeah despite being so very different uh it said that uh, Faramir was actually a bit more like his his mother his mother which one more reason why I think
1: he got the brunt of the hatred he
0: got the brunt of the hatred yeah, it wasn't long after the death of Finduileth that Denethor began to sit in his tower for long periods alone, deep in thought. And this is when he really started using the Palantir of Minas Tirith regularly and began to try to probe Sauron's strength using the Palantir. Yeah, dude,
1: you know you're hitting rock bottom when you're trying to probe Sauron's strength alone in your tower by yourself. Yeah,
0: you're already using something that's you know borderline you shouldn't be fucking with and you're gonna try to use it to like it's
1: all by yourself to
0: probe like an immeasurable force yeah
1: um so unlike saurman the white denethor was strong-willed enough not to be corrupted directly by sauron but the effort aged him greatly and the impression of sauron's overwhelming force depressed him to the max
0: yeah the palantiri would for years continue feeding his despair and lead to his ultimate insanity yeah, so Sauron he couldn't fabricate visions in the Palantir. He could only show truths, but he basically just showed Denethor the things that would make him the saddest. Yeah, he's a good editor. We, we, yeah. tra- we
1: talked about this. Yeah, he's good at making a um a, a slanted piece, you know what I mean? Like
0: Yeah, he's only gonna show you what he wants you to see. And so he constantly shows Denethor the worst things that he could be seeing at this time through yeah. the Palantir.
1: He'd be great at right wing media. Yeah.
0: Oh my god. Oh you'd be perfect. Be perfect. <laughs> Terrify everybody.
1: This basically is the right wing media of its day, right?
0: <laughs> We've got an excerpt here about that. Denethor must have guessed that the Ithelstone, Sauron's palantiri, was in evil hands, and risked contact with it, trusting his own strength. But his trust was not entirely unjustified. Sauron failed to dominate him and could only influence him by deceits. Saruman, however, fell under the dominion of Sauron, while Denethor remained steadfast in his rejection of Sauron, but was made to believe that his defeat was inevitable, and so fell into despair. The reasons for this difference were no doubt that in the first place, Denethor was a man of great strength, of will, and maintained integrity of his personality until the final blow.
1: Yeah, if that doesn't say it right there, I don't know what does. Yeah. That's from the Unfinished Tales.
0: Yeah, and I remember in this bit, it goes on a little further, basically, to touches on how Saruman didn't uh, maintain his integrity like that. He basically, he came no. in, Saruman basically gave in to his selfish drive for the ring. Yeah. And was willing to instantly start deceiving his friends and things. So, yeah, so Denethor, he, he really did hold up. He had a great amount of strength and... Like the quote said, he did try to maintain his integrity.
1: Yeah, an incredible amount of resilience, especially from a, yeah. I mean, from a mortal man,
0: mm-hmm. you know. All right, so now we've gotten to it: the War of the Ring.
1: hmm In June of the Third Age, thirty eighteen, that you know, one of those faithful years. Uh, Denethor's son, Faramir, began to have dreams. Speaking of Imraladris and Isildur's bane,
0: and on June nineteenth of the same year. The night before Sauron's infamous attack on Ithilien, this is when both of Denethor's sons, Boromir and Faramir, have that same dream, and that contained some kind of message. We've got a quote here about that.
1: In that dream I thought the eastern sky grew dark, and there was a growing thunder, but in the west a pale light lingered, and out of it I heard a voice, remote but clear, crying, Seek for the sword that was broken, in Imladris it dwells, There shall be counsels taken, stronger than Morgul spells. There shall be shown a token, that doom is near at hand. For a Isildur's bane shall waken, and the halfling force shall stand.
0: Nice. I love that one. That's a classic.
1: Yeah, I'm glad I got to read that.
0: So, confused by the dream, they consult their father, who is kind of a lore master.
1: Yeah, he is one of the most learned men in the city. I mean, he's he's one of the only people that has access to the... uh, all oh, those archives. archives, yeah. yeah those yeah.
0: famous archives. Mm-hmm. But Denethor only informs the, his sons that Imladris, which is also known as Rivendell, was a northern dale on the west side of the Misty Mountains where the half-elven Lord Elrond lives.
1: Yeah, I don't know much about it, but uh, Imladris is, is where this dude lives. Yeah, yeah, it's his elven place up over here. So Faramir, uh, being a good guy, wants to travel to Rivendell to seek counsel. Naturally. But Boromir actually convinced Denethor to send him instead. A faithful decision. It was. I just pointed at Joel really violently,
0: like it was his fault. <laughs> it was also just because Boromir loved his brother a lot, too. We touch on that in our Boromir character Of course, yeah he, yeah. he really wanted to protect his younger brother, so he wanted to go in his stead.
1: Yeah, because it's a, they don't even really know where the fuck this place is.
0: Although, ultimately, I still think Faramir was technically better suited for the job. He was a ranger. He was a ranger. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Anyway, but Denethor, as you may have suspected, secretly knew about all of the contents of their dream. He knew a lot more than he was letting on when they asked him about it.
1: Yeah, of course he knew that the sword in Rivendell was in fact freaking Narsil, the sword of Isildur. Yeah,
0: and the reason Denethor did not dare share this with his sons was because the sword represented the kings of Gondor. If the king of Gondor was found, then Denethor, a steward, would only be second in command. What Denethor did not realize was that the return of the king was inevitable.
1: Yeah, this could have happened at any time for a long time.
0: And it was going to happen no matter happen. what, no matter yeah. how he... How often he deceives his sons.
1: Well, and the War of the Ring is really the perfect catalyst for this to happen. Mm -hmm, Because this is
0: when leadership is needed. Yeah, yeah.
1: So Denethor also grew to suspect that Isildur's bane was, in fact, the One Ring of Sauron. He suddenly had a desire for it, foolishly thinking it could save Gondor from decay.
0: Yeah, as many men do, they think it'll be a source of power for them.
1: Yeah, doesn't he give him like, a dumbass answer, like, of course Isildur was slain by an arrow... Is that Denethor that does that? Somebody says that at one point. They're like, Sildor's bane was, of course, an arrow.
0: Yeah, I don't remember who says it, but that is what some people suspected for a long time. Yeah. So the following day on June 20th, this is when Sauron does his uh, infamous attack on Osgiliath.
1: And, of course, he sends his deadliest servant, the Witch King of Angmar, to lead the attack.
0: And when Gondor's forces retreat from Osgiliath, Faramir and Boromir and two other soldiers stayed behind defending the city, allowing for the retreat, until they had the opportunity to destroy the bridge, and then they swam across the river themselves to safety.
1: Which we assume they did with sledgehammers, all sweaty, shirtless, right?
0: I, I yeah I have That's no what idea. I always assumed I have no idea how they busted down a stone bridge. <laughs> they don't talk about explosives or <laughs> yeah, anything, exactly. but it, because literally what, it's when I think to be. yeah when I think of this you know taking down a bridge and swimming across I always think of explosives, but yeah they didn't have explosives. But
1: maybe like they would take turns like Boromir and Faramir would hold off <laughs> the guys <laughs> while the other two soldiers would wang on the would wham <laughs> on the fucking bridge, and then they'd be like I'm tired of wang and let me uh, hit these orcs for a little bit and yeah. then they'd switch off you know.
0: Yeah, so like, as everyone's retreating, you got two guys shirtless with sledgehammers going <laughs> yeah. and two other guys with bows defending them, and they're just like sw- switching off.
1: Just cursing your ancestors the whole time <laughs> for being such good stoneworkers? God damn it. God damn it, the men of Numenor are fucking good at stonework.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so when Gondor's forces retreat from Osgiliath, uh, Faramir, Boromir, and two others, they down the bridge, and then afterwards, they even though they both showed heroic qualities, Denethor only honors Boromir.
1: Yeah, like, what the fuck?
0: Yeah, and I mean, aside from this uh, happening at Osgiliath and them downing the bridge to save the day, they still lost Osgiliath, and additionally, they also lost the outskirts of Gondor. So it just made it even more nonsensical for Denethor to really be praising anyone. Yeah. But uh, he still, of course, showers Boromir with praise while neglecting Faramir.
1: We should do this with a. Uh, uh, I don't know if you'll get this reference or not, Joel. We should do this with Rodney Dangerfield. I will get no respect. You know that. You know that reference.
0: Sorry, right over. You don't my know head.
1: who Rodney Dangerfield is? Oh man, you're gonna get so much hate mail.
0: <laughs> Bring it on.
1: Anyway, people laughed. I promise.
0: So on July fourth, in that same year, thirty eighteen, this is when Boromir leaves Minas Tirith on his journey to find Rivendell. And even though Denethor had all of the faith in the world in Boromir, he still only reluctantly let him go and regretted it the second that Boromir left. He really loved that guy.
1: Yeah, dude. On February 26th, third age, 3019, Boromir sounded the great horn, which was heard by Denethor and Faramir, because remember that thing could be heard all within the ancient uh, realm of Gondor, Mm -hmm. which I guess includes Rohan then? So they heard it in Edoras too.
0: It must, it must, right?
1: to that's old Calanardin.
0: Yeah, so this is uh, during the battle that happened at... uh, Amun-Hen. Amun-Hen. Yeah, this is when he gets attacked by the orcs and Merry and Pippin get taken away. That's when they they hear the horn.
1: Yeah, the breaking of the fellowship.
0: And that night is also when the great horn was found split in two pieces in the waters of the Anduin. Shit. The
1: pieces were brought before Denethor who held them tightly awaiting for news of his son's fate. However, he's not stupid. He did, uh, Though he did not admit it, he knew that his son had been killed.
0: Yeah, he, he knows. He knows what this sign means. And this is when Denethor became completely deranged after the suspected death of Boromir. He mourned most of the time and just kind of took to weeping as a pastime. But never, uh, nevertheless, he did prepare Gondor for war to the best of his abilities.
1: Oh my god, don't you just love weeping as a pastime? <laughs> We've all had that, right? Just like, I got about 25 minutes, so I think I'll get a good cry in before work. Use a little wa- lose a little water weight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Minas Tirith was actually fully provisioned for a siege at this point.
0: Yeah, he did a good job preparing.
1: Yeah, that's what he does. And uh, Denethor, Denethor, actually, he, he like, I, I, I think he did everything he should have done. He sent the the old, uh, the old, and women and children away from the city to the southern provinces, where the southern provinces where Sauron was less likely to strike.
0: For a second, I thought you are going to say he sent the old women away. The old, just the old women, just the old women. Keep everybody else. Around. Keep the kids. Keep keep everybody. Just those old women. So we also had the uh, warning beacons of Gondor lit to to request aid from Rohan.
1: Yeah, like, what else are you supposed to do, man? That's all he's really got at his disposal. You light the beacons to see if your friends will come and help, and you send away the people that you don't want to be slaughtered outright
0: well then denethor heard that the corsairs were going to attack gondor from the south so he was forced to take even more immediate action and on march 7th this is when denethor sends out the messenger by the name of Higron. he sends him out riding to rohan as fast as he can and he sends with Higon the red arrow which is a symbol of the alliance that exists between gondor and rohan so he's he's really pulling out all the stops
1: yeah, he's calling on that original Oath of ale um, that uh, you might remember. Maybe we'll be talking about that in the future. Who knows? Hmm, maybe. But on March 7th, Gandalf also arrives in Minas Tirith with a hobbit, gross, named Peregrine II. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Those little halflings. Yeah, yeah. And this is when Gandalf announces to Denethor that Rohan had won the Battle of Helm's Deep. But Denethor secretly already knew this because he saw it using the Palantir. Yeah, of
1: course. Of course. He's up there in his tower all by himself, polishing his stone.
0: Just watching all the time. (laughs) Watching everything. He's just watching. Yeah, just rear
1: window shit going on up there. What interested him most was actually Pippin's version of Boromir's death. No surprise. Uh, Pippin confirmed that uh, Boromir had been very brave, but Pippin also said that the bravest of men can be slain by a single arrow, and Boromir was pierced by many. And uh, that upset Denethor. Understandably. uh, Understandably.
0: Yeah, yeah, your son was killed with many arrows. Yeah. That's that's rough to hear. Look how they massacred my boy. (laughs) (laughs) So Denethor then revealed that he knew about Aragorn and thought Gandalf and Aragorn were working to take the rule away from him. And this just got Denethor even more worked up and upset.
1: Uh, and Pippin, he pitied the old steward. Despite Gandalf's warning, Pippin knelt down and offered his services to Gondor.
0: Yeah, this is when Pippin displays his sword before Denethor, and Denethor accepts Pippin's request. Though, he suspected that the hobbit only wished to spy on behalf of Gandalf. And what, what,
1: doesn't he mention, um, he remarks the blade too, right? That's a Blade of westernness.
0: Oh, yeah, I think he uh, comments on the blade as well. Yeah,
1: because that's kind of a that's a weird sign, right, that this hobbit comes bearing a blade of ancient Arnor in the north.
0: Mm-hmm. So on March 8th, this is when Faramir retreats from Osgiliath with the few surviving soldiers who attempted to hinder Mordor's traveling armies.
1: Denethor was again displeased with his son, not only for abandoning the fortress, but also not taking the One Ring from Frodo,
0: whom he had encountered in Ithilien. Yeah, Faramir tried to explain to his father that the ring has only the power to destroy and he can't use it to defend Gondor, but of course Denethor believed this to be false. Denethor genuinely believed that the ring could save Gondor and... Really, uh,
1: really seal the deal.
0: Really seal the deal, yeah. In their uttermost need, he, he thought this is what was going to bring him back. This was the powerful weapon that they needed. To break their, uh, Faramir's heart, Denethor told him that he wished his son's places
1: had been exchanged. He wished Faramir had died and Boromir had lived. Yeah. Explicitly says that.
0: Yeah, This. Is, yeah. he explicitly says that. This is when he does that dick move. He's so upset that Faramir retreated that he's just going to fucking berate him now. In trying to avoid tears, Faramir assures his father that he w- will do his best in Boromir's stead. And uh, Tragic.
1: Yeah, super tragic. On March 11th, Denethor called in all the captains of Gondor for a meeting where he informed them of his plan to retake the Anduin River in Asgiliath.
0: Yeah, and Faramir knew in his heart that this was a hopeless task, but he volunteered to lead the force nonetheless. He knew he would likely die, but he was willing to risk this for his home city and presumably for his father.
1: I forget, this is before the Swan Knights and Imrahil show up, right? I I feel like Imrahil, if he was in this meeting, wouldn't have let this happen. I don't remember specifically if he's there or not.
0: Yeah, that's something I'll have to check. I don't remember specifically when he gets there.
1: You remember? I think they get here. La- I think get, they get here later.
0: So Faramir sets out for his Giliath and is immediately outnumbered ten to one. And this is when he runs into the Witch King, who had led an immense force across the river crossing. And in this whole sortie, uh, uh,
1: Faramir's armies were uh, almost completely slain. Oh, they were, except for
0: him, excuse me. And Denethor watched all this unfold through the Palantir. Yeah, Denethor also saw through the Palantir that Sauron's forces were also seizing Carandros further up the river, so they're taking two river crossings. Oh, double fuck, there's only three! (laughs) Yeah, so this is when Denethor sends out another army led by Prince Imrahil of Dol Amroth. Ah, so they were there.
1: They were there. Maybe they got there in the meantime. After well, the, maybe
0: it was just planned that they were going to go north, I don't, I don't know, while Faramir went to Osgiliath. Yeah. But uh, Imrahil found that Faramir was one of the few survivors left in Osgiliath, but he was badly wounded. And when Faramir was brought back to Minas Tirith, he was almost dead. Yeah, almost. Poisoned arrow, right? Yeah. Or was it the black breath?
1: It was both, I think. Oh my god. Oh yeah, because right, Imrahil drew the arrow out. And he tells Aragorn about it later. He's like, yeah, he was also pierced by an Easterling dart, I believe.
0: God, so this guy's just fucking... Yeah, he's oh having a bad God. time. He's having a real bad time. Yeah. Not as he only dealing with his father berating him and his kingdom about to fall, he also is dealing with the Black Breath, which is slowly egging on, and he gets a poison arrow? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Fun times. So, yeah, we're talking about Denethor this time. Yeah. So let's, <laughs> Denethor.
1: Let's get into uh, the, uh, the fall of Denethor, the inevitable end. So before uh, Faramir's funeral, Denethor, he rushed up to the peak of the Tower of Icthelion to look in the Palantir one last time.
0: And that's when Denethor sees a vision of Frodo, the ring bearer alone in the tower of curithungul and this is when denethor truly falls into despair assuming that the ring had been taken by sauron and that all hope was lost and this is that editing bullshit again yeah because frodo did get taken by so he was in the tower of curithungul yeah and he uses
1: this moment like a good editor he reuses this moment sauron does sauron does to deceive other people he uses this whole uh the thing that this whole Cirithungl incident to uh, with the mouth of Sauron to try to deceive the uh, the, the captains of the west that Frodo had yeah, been taken when well, they
0: confront them at the black gate and he yeah. shows them the uh, Mithril shirt and
1: and, and uh, Sam's blade of westernness too. Mm-hmm. So Denethor sudden- suddenly seemed years older and his will snapped and he abandoned leadership of the city and stayed by his son's side in the white tower. Thinking that the city was lost and thinking that Rohan had been cut off and could never come to their aid.
0: Yeah, and this is when Denethor immediately starts to feel guilty about his negative treatment towards his own son.
1: Now that I look down on the body of my son, I can't help but feel I've been a dick to him his whole life. Oh my god, have I really been a dick this whole time? This whole time. Uh, then in his despair, uh, Denethor tried to convince the men of Gondor to give up and abandon their posts.
0: Yeah, this is when Gandalf and Prince Imrahil take over Gondor's defenses.
1: And there's that epic moment in the movie where he's just like, Abandon your posts! Flee! Flee for your lives! <laughs> I fucking love it.
0: Yeah. That's another one of those things that he just delivers that those lines so well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rohan has abandoned us. So, furthermore, on March 15th, blinded with despair and believing Faramir to be dead, Denethor had Faramir carried down to the Silent Street to Rathdenin, the House of the Stewards, and there he planned to hold a quote-unquote funeral.
0: Yeah, and this is when Denethor sends for wood and oil, so that he and Faramir can both burn like the kings of old.
1: Yeah, we will burn like the heathen kings of old. Bring wood and oil. Bring wood and oil.
0: And believing that there was no hope, Denethor wished to commit suicide rather than live through the conflict with Sauron, and St. Denethor's servants began creating a funeral pyre. But this is when Pippin notices that Faramir is still alive and tries to stop them. And of course, Denethor rebukes Pippin and dismisses him of his service to yeah. Gondor.
1: I love in the movie when he like literally slides him out of the hallway and then he's like,
0: go now and
1: die in what way seems best
0: to you. Perfectly put. That really describes his mood. Yeah. So
1: horrified at the idea of burning Faramir alive, Pippin rushed to find Gandalf, and on his way, he runs into Baragond and informs him of what is happening.
0: Yeah, and after Pippin left, Denethor quickly tried to have his servants set flames to the pyre, but they were quickly stopped by Baragond, who Pippin had just met. And Baragund forces is, excuse me, Baragund is forced to kill one of his own fellow guards in defense of Faramir,
1: spilled blood in hallowed ground.
0: Yeah, something that he uh, struggled with after that. But Baragund was able to stall the funeral long enough for Pippin to come back with Gandalf himself.
1: uh, Excuse me, Denethor tried to quickly set the set flame to the pyre, but was stopped by the wizard that he hated so fucking much.
0: Yeah, and in wild despair after being stopped from his attempted suicide, Denethor tries to stab Faramir with a knife. But Barragun took hold of uh, of Denethor while Pippin rushes in to save Faramir from the flames.
1: Yeah, you know, he's like, yeah, fire's not fast enough. I'm just going to fucking knife him. <laughs> like, that's where we're at, Denethor? Like, yeah, that's where like we're now, at.
0: Now he's losing it, man. Just losing it. And Pippin heroically succeeds, but Denethor was determined to die. So he sets himself on fire. Yeah. When Faramir began to wake up, he called Denethor's name, and
1: Denethor seemed willing to abandon his suicidal plans. But suddenly he raised up the Palantir and prophesied the Doom of Gondor, acknowledging that the new enemy was about to arrive, the Corsairs from Umbar. The
0: Doom of Gondor. Yeah, and a final fiery speech... Dunethor said that he would have liked for things to be as they had always been in his life, to be a ruling steward of a free city, ruling in peace and with his sons, masters of their own will. But if he had to see his city in the hands of an illegitimate king and his son turned into the pupil of a wizard, then he preferred to have nothing but to end his own life. So fucking bitter.
1: Yeah. And Denethor took the white rod of his office and broke it on his knee like an asshole, casting it into the flames, symbolizing the end of his stewardship and the end of the rule of the stewards. And he laid himself down on the table with the planter on his breast
0: and died. We have a uh, longer excerpt about this scene here. So, cried Denethor, "'Thou hadst already stolen half my son's love. "'Now thou stealest the hearts of my knights also, "'so that they rob me wholly of my son at the last. "'But in this at least thou shalt not defy my will, "'to rule my own end. "'Come hither!' he cried to his servants. "'Come, if you are not all recreant!' "'Then two of them ran up, to the, up the steps to him. "'Swiftly he snatched a torch from the hand of one "'and sprang back into the house.' Before Gandalf could hinder him, he thrust the brand amid the fuel, and at once it crackled and roared into flame. Then Denethor leapt upon the table, and standing there, wreathed in fire and smoke, he took up the staff of his stewardship that lay at his feet and broke it on his knee. Casting the pieces into the blaze, he bowed and laid himself on the table, clasping the palantir with both hands upon his breast." And it was said that ever after, if any man looked in that stone, unless he had a great strength of will to turn it to other purpose, he saw only two aged hands withering in flame. Gandalf in grief and horror turned his face away and closed the door. For a while he stood in thought, silent upon the threshold, while those outside heard the greedy roaring of the fire within. And then Denethor gave a great cry, and afterwards spoke no more, nor was ever again seen by mortal men.
1: Jesus Christ!
0: Yeah, a a lengthier excerpt, but I felt it was necessary.
1: Yeah, it does it does it justice. It's such a
0: metal fucking death. It's it's crazy. Ooh, and so ends. Lord Denethor II, the 26th ruling steward of Gondor. Oh, my God. Yeah, I—that his death is just infamous. I mean, I know mm-hmm. in the movies he does the whole thing where he runs yeah, off the it's pinnacle. Cool. It is cool, it's cool. It's cool. But this is just so dramatic and sad. Yeah. Like he just locks himself in there and everyone's just standing outside. And I'm pretty sure the ceiling like collapses and stuff, doesn't it too? Yeah, I think so. I think and it burns they, the whole place Yeah, down. and then they just hear the one last cry and it's just gone.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, what an end to an interesting person.
0: <laughs> yeah, he is, a, he is a very interesting person. He's a very mixed character.
1: So Faramir's reaction to his father's death isn't recorded, but it is said that in the, the news of his death wasn't given to him during the first days of his recovery in order not to grieve him. So, yeah. like, you don't need to be recovering from the black breath <laughs> and mourning your father's death.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was, his and struggle... His, and his,
1: like, wild-ass suicide pyre that he did.
0: Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's already struggling to survive in the Houses of Healing. He doesn't need to know about all this wild shit just yet. Yeah. Yeah, and after Denethor's death, it is said that the Anor stone would only show Denethor's hands slowly burning in fire, unless, like the excerpt said, the, unless the viewer had great strength of will to turn it to other visions. So it was kind of broken. Yeah, it was <laughs> unless kind of you Unless it's you like, were super powerful, you'd just kind of see his fucking hands.
1: And uh, this might be due to something we're working on, but we kind of look at this like, uh, this is kind of like a curse that he, with his dying, he laid upon the the fucking Palantir forever for it to be marred by his hands.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a really, it's a really sad story. And uh, we've got one more closing quote here from Tolkien himself, just kind of about the character of Denethor. And this is a quote from the letters of J.R.R. Tolkien. This is going to be from letter 183 notes on W.H. Auden's review of the return of the King. Denethor was tainted with mere
1: politics, hence his failure and mistrust of Faramir. It had become for him a prime motive to preserve the policy of Gondor as it was, against other potentates who had made himself stronger and was to be feared and opposed for that reason rather than because he was ruthless and wicked. Denethor despised lesser men, and one may be sure he did not distinguish between orcs and the allies of Mordor. If he had survived as victor, even without the use of the ring, he would have taken a long stride toward becoming himself a tyrant and the terms and treatment he accorded to the deluded peoples of the East and South would have been cruel and vengeful. He had become a political leader, as if to say, Gondor against the rest.
0: Yeah, I thought that was really interesting, the way he breaks it down.
1: Yeah, that was a good, uh, (laughs) you know, Tolkien knows his shit, you know? Yeah,
0: and I I didn't really catch that, I guess, that, uh... Had he not passed away, had they won the War of the Ring, then he basically would have taken one great step to being uh, kind of a dictator, almost yeah. a and tyrant. Like, they say.
1: Aragorn restores the the old bounds of the kingdom, but I think he does it in a way that he doesn't like enslave the Saurons or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, our ending thoughts on Denethor. Um, I I kind of I learned a lot when uh, we went through this episode. Same. Yeah, I didn't realize that Denethor's story was so tragic. I really don't think uh, he's given credit for that. It honestly, reading through some of the tragedy in this story and just how Sauron was kind of feeding him selected yeah. information to depress him, yeah, in showing him things in the Palantir like his uh, Frodo potentially losing mm-hmm. and things like that, just to depress him. It honestly, that
1: Academy Award-winning editing, it
0: gave me some slight, uh, some some slight. Uh, it kind of reminded me of uh Huron. The oh, way sure. the way the way Morgoth tortures Huron. Yeah. Just
1: by seeing everything.
0: Yeah, just by showing him all the terrible things that are happening to mm-hmm. his family and just Yeah. Watching his kids die. Yeah. And mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, it seemed like a similar uh, mode of torture. I wonder if uh, Sauron maybe learned it from his old Oh, master. I'm sure.
1: I'm sure he's taking notes, yeah. And uh, the Peter Jackson version, we feel, doesn't do him justice. We don't think that's John Noble's fault at all.
0: No, John Noble acted the shit out of that role, like we said earlier, and I always imagine John Noble as yeah. Danathor. He, he is perfect.
1: But here's the thing. It falls into this overarching theme of the K.O.T. podcast, <laughs> um, <laughs> authored by me, the shortchanging of the dunadine theory. Shafted? It's shafted again.
0: Question mark? Shafted again? Shafted.
1: But that's all we have for you for content today, guys. Thank you so much for listening to KOT Podcast.
0: Yeah, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at KOT Podcast.
1: If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm not super active anymore, but that's Danny J, J
0: J-A-Y, K-O-T. And you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Official token. And also join the KOT uh, talk group if you're there. You can talk to us and ask questions and share memes. It's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Follow us on Instagram at Podcast.
0: Yeah, and don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. On Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes. Just go to your website, forward slash Tolkien. Stay up to date with all the new episodes.
1: Please rate us or give us a nice review if you like us, you know? But if you don't, just keep it to yourself. How about
0: yeah, that? Just keep it yourself. It's all Yeah,
1: right. just keep it to yourself. That's private information that nobody needs to know.
0: And a big shout out to our patrons
1: yes patreon patrons you guys are
0: heroes kings queens
1: and stewards of all good things
0: yeah it's really because of you guys that this season is happening right now we I think me and Danny can both comfortably say that we would not be able to afford this uh, season five endeavor oh fuck no if it weren't for our no, patrons not at all um so thank you so much uh, every little bit you donate helps it it goes to good use. And uh, like we said, this is still a DIY podcast and we really appreciate all your donations very much. Yeah, and uh, Patreon is just a
1: way to give you some uh, other content, too. Uh, we, we need yeah. to start working on putting more up there.
0: But there is, yeah, you do get additional content as well when you uh, subscribe to Patreon.
1: Yeah, and also a thing that a lot of people have been asking us about lately is doing um, single uh, one-time donations.
0: Yes, we also accept one-time donations. We know Patreon isn't exactly set up for that.
1: Yeah, and uh, if that's, yeah, so if that's not quite your speed but you want to give us a little something, um, hit us up, uh, Give us shoot us an email. Um, keep on talking podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we've done it like through PayPal before. Yeah, works. just
0: uh, contact us on any social media yeah. and we'll, we'll work it out with you.
1: Yes, and we thank you. Thank you so much if you would like to do that.
0: But uh, that's all we've got for you today. Thanks again, guys. Yes, yes, yes. I'm Danny J. And I'm Joel N. And as always, keep on, on Tolkien.
1: Tolkien.
0: I'm going to say it like Denethor burning in the fire.
1: Oh! Oh, I do love her. Oh,
0: God.
1: <laughs> that was disrespectful. I apologize.